Dear listeners, welcome back to this latest episode of the podcast series, The Way Out is In. I'm Joe Confino, working at the intersection of personal transformation and systems evolution. And I am Brother Fabhu, a Zen Buddhist monk, a student of Zen Master Tikihan in the Plum Village tradition. And Brother, today we are going to be freeing the word laziness from its imprisonment in Western culture, because in Western society, laziness is considered to be equivalent of torpor or being slothful. Yet, Thich Nhat Hanh actually said laziness is one of the key attributes to a healthy and happy life. The way out is in. Dear listeners, welcome back. I am Joe Confino. And I am Brother Fab Hu. And Brother, today we're going to talk about laziness. And um, laziness was prescribed almost as a medicine by Thich Nhat Hanh for the community. So do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about why did Thai say that laziness was a good quality as opposed to Western society where it's considered to be something deeply negative? Yes, so laziness is uh, an evolution in the teachings of Buddhism, especially in our tradition. It is seen as a day to learn to do nothing. As we are in the community of Plum Village and our teacher, the founder, his approach to renewing Buddhism is to learn about today's suffering, today's um, difficulty and what are the habits that we all get caught up in. And in today's society, we can all identify that we have a restlessness habit. We don't know how to be still. We don't know how to do nothing. And because of the stream of society, which is pushing us towards doing something in in a sense of feeling like to be accomplished we have to run after the some an, an object and we have to run after um a view whether it is happiness or success or it is something and this this kind of energy has become quite mainstream it's actually taught in education. Oh, I was taught to be successful is to have this, 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 and this, and you will only be happy after you have accomplished this, 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 and this. And so it's a nonstop cycle of doing. And even if we are given a day to rest or a vacation, sometimes we make our vacation busier than it should be, and we get even more tired. and. It is also because there is such a habit in us and transmitted to us by maybe our ancestors, maybe our culture, our society, that we shouldn't be still. There is not enough time to live, so we should be doing, 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 and doing. And so therefore, 
from these energies um, and these habits, we have a lot of tension. We have a lot of um, anxiety. We don't know how to rest, and therefore, we are actually not able to be present. And when we're not able to be present for ourselves, for our bodies, for our loved ones, can we actually say? That we are being alive. Can we actually experience life to the fullest if we're not present? So in Plum Village, um, Thai has made Monday. It's totally against society where Monday people start back into work. Thai picked Monday for the community as a day of doing nothing, which. Which has the title "Lazy Day," and this day is so precious in our week. It is one of uh, I, I I sometimes I call it the holy day because it's the day where you get to be free, and 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 freedom or not comes from inside, but we need conditions. So 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 the lazy day is a condition for us to learn to be with oneself. And we have to understand that, like Thai, like what Joe you you shared, Thai prescribed it. Meaning, because he sees that in our modern day, we don't know how to rest, and therefore there is an intention in the laziness. But we also have to understand that the lazy day is only one day a week, <laughs> and it is not um, to make. A promotion that none of us should be diligent and have effort in our trainings, in our daily lives, etc. But we also understand that part of our tradition is Zen, and Zen has meditation. And to meditate, we have to learn to be still in order to stop. And what are we stopping? We're stopping our habit energy of running. Whether it is in our minds, whether it's in our body, and so learning to be still is a whole art. It's a wonderful art. It's a it's it's actually a very difficult training. There are so many friends who have come to Plum Village, and sitting on a cushion, the idea of it sounds great, but for us, for some, the experience itself is frightening. Because suddenly you are you are sitting on a cushion in the company of many others, but we're all in silent. There's no screen in front of us. There is no um, um, music in our ear or a podcast in your ear. I'm laughing because I hope you are not listening to this as you're practicing sitting meditation. Don't listen to this on Monday. Exactly, <laughs> and. And suddenly, you have to face yourself, and what can manifest is the the seeds, the mental formations of loneliness, of separation, of um, of fear, of emptiness, of nothingness. It can really come up, and that can be quite frightening because we're not used to that, but. Here in our practice, when we learn to be still and we learn to sit, we are learning to identify what is 
there in us and to smile to it, even if it is the feeling of loneliness. You can actually say hello to my loneliness, become one with it, acknowledge it, embrace it, and understand where is this loneliness coming from. So in our tradition, this lazy day, it has one element of allowing us to deepen our practice where there is no schedule. So normally our daily routine, uh, we wake up at uh, 5.15 in Upper Hamlet and then we do a 30-minute or 45-minute, depending on the day of the week, of silent sitting and then followed by touching the earth and then breakfast, classes, walking meditation, lunch with the community, service meditation, um, exercise, sport time, personal time, and then dinner and then ending our day with another evening sitting and chanting. On some days we have sessions of mentor-mentee with our Dhamma teachers. And part of our our flow in the community is to be in harmony, right? So partaking in the schedule is a very big um element of being in the community. And so we, we can't be against the stream. So we can't know I want to sit longer. And while everybody's practicing touching the earth and you're, you're being a rebel. So that's not our spirit. So suddenly on lazy day, you have the hall to yourself. If you like, you can sit for two hours, three hours, if you wish, um, or you can practice slow walking in the hall and you won't be disturbed by others. And there's also an element of like respecting each other's boundaries on that day, respecting each other's personal space. And then at the same time, we also, for those who are truly busy in life, is really to train yourself to let your day unfold. Let your day just be and just enjoy the simple things in life. Like you have a day Can you actually sit there, wake up in the morning, smile, know that you have 24 brand new hours and then make a cup of tea or make a cup of coffee and then just enjoy that without searching, right? Normally, I, I, I've seen this, right? Like on the lazy day, the first thing is people look for interaction. It's like, okay, I have space and time now. Let's go talk to someone. And that is also covering up loneliness in us or covering up the emptiness that can be there. But if you actually listen to the space and the time, you may be able to really be in touch with the simple wonders of life. Um, our, our hut here that we're sitting in is Sitting Still Hut. So on every lazy day and lazy evenings, um, Tai's hut becomes open for friends to come and sit. So this is a new thing that we we have um, agreed in the Upper Hamlet for Tai's um, sacred hut to be available for people to come and just sit and look at the beautiful scenery as well as be in touch with his energy so they can sit on, on the deck. And I brought uh, some friends um, who were here for the retreat and we sat. And just a simple cup of tea, seeing the sunrise, seeing the colors, um, hearing the birds. And it's autumn now, so birds are migrating. 
But if all of us were talking, we would have missed all of that. So it's also learning to be together and don't have to say anything, but still be so connected. And then there's going to be a time, that right moment when we're like, "How's your day?" You know, and and then the conversation becomes actually much more profound, much more deep because our true presence is there. We're not trying to cover up the awkwardness of quietness, right? Sometimes that can be um, so awkward because we all like don't know what to do with each other, and so we we start up so many conversations, but a lot of the conversation doesn't. Bring us anywhere, and it's very um, superficial in a way, and and that's and and for us, we know that breath is also an energy. So to talk a lot takes a lot of energy. So this lazy day has been prescribed for our community to learn to rest and heal. And Tai has given us images like. You know, when a, an animal gets wounded, an animal has the insight of learning to rest, and we are also of a, a connected to the human, uh, the animal species, and we, as humans, we have forgotten the art of resting, and so lazy day, laziness, is a true art. It sounds easy. But it's so quick; your your mind starts to create a whole program of what you want to do, and and I'm also a victim of my own habits because uh, sometimes I I have so much to do within the other days, and and then following the schedule is also a responsibility. Sometimes I feel so overwhelmed by all of this work and all of this participation, also as. As as a role um, model for as an elder brother for my younger uh, brothers as well as for the community because sometimes I know just to show up is already a contribution, um, but then how do I juggle all of this? And then suddenly you see, oh, you got lazy day, and my mind's like, great, then I can finally do this, 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 and this, and then I'm just adding to this layer of. Work and then this layer of like doing, doing, and doing. So it's truly a, a deep practice. So, brother, one example of that is that, um, as you said a bit earlier, we were trying to get a few episodes done because I went off to New York for five weeks, and so we booked to do this episode actually on laziness on the lazy day, and um, and then when we got to Ty's hut, the the computer we could not get for the first time actually in all of our forty plus episodes. Whatever we did, the equipment would not work. It's the only time it's not worked. And then we suddenly looked at each other and burst out laughing because, of course, we had planned to do something on Lazy Day and in Ty's hut. And I think it was Ty in some form saying, no, this is your Lazy Day. You can't do it. So it's a, it's a wonderful example of that sense of what you say was if we, we're constantly in planning mode, and especially for those who, uh, you know, have busy working weeks, it's constantly, you know, it's by the half hour we plan everything. And so we actually don't give the space for anything to emerge. We don't give a chance for our spontaneity, for our creativity, for grace or whatever we call it to flow through us because we're always trying to be in control. And so I think there's something about when we have space 
another part of us shows up. And I, I always remember when I was uh, working at The Guardian, um, I went to do an interview and it went on much longer than I expected. So rather than go back to the office, I went home on the train. But I didn't have my phone or com my computer or anything with me. And I just sat on the train thinking, oh, you know, and normally I'd automatically go to one of my devices. And I just sat there. And what emerged was this idea to set up a whole new section of The Guardian, which I then followed through and created. But that would not have come if I had not just been forced to have that moment of space. So it was such a good example of actually saying, actually, if we let go of control, then we allow life to show up. But brother, I want to just sort of, you said a lot in that. So yeah. I, just want, I just wanted to unpack um, a few things. Um, Ty, so you tell us this little story about um, when he compared himself <laughs> to the Dalai Lama, because I think that that's such a beautiful example of, uh, of what we're talking about. Yeah, so one of Ty's uh, good friend is uh, His Holiness, the Dalai Lama. And um, from time to time, Ty would have reference to the Dalai Lama in his teaching, such as um, the Dalai Lama's book on the art of happiness and so on. And one time in a Dhamma talk, I think Ty was talking about learning to do less, learning to be still. So there's that saying like, um, don't just sit there, do something. And then Tai is like, he's always a, a revolutionist. So he goes, don't just do something, learn to sit there. So once again, it's like the intention is like, is like to go against the stream in a way, because our stream, some of, of the quality in our streams are really good for our humanity. And then some of it is, it leads down a very dark path. And, and then Tai just made a joke and he said, you know, I, Tai, Tai doesn't want to be considered like a Zen master or a great teacher and, and so on. And, and that's out of Tai's control anyways. But um, what Tai would like to be called, um, instead of his holiness, like the Dalai Lama, Tai would like to be called his laziness. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I truly see that, you know, this is also Tai's sense of humor, but I also see it's a practice because... In Tai's life, I don't, I don't know how much time he was able to, to rest um, during his youth because he he is a very engaging person, an engaging monk, and I'm sure Lazy Day wasn't part of that era for him because the Dharma has to be appropriate to the times, and during that time when there's so much suffering and there's chaos, as war. And destruction, you can't, you have to do something. So we also have to understand um, that our Dharma approach is always, it has to be adaptable to the times and it has to be applicable. So when, when, when Tai finally was establishing a community in the West, a fun fact, we were actually called Plum Village as, at the beginning. The first name of, 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 of Plum Village was a lang haum. It's also a fruit, but it was a persimmon, a persimmon tree. And I'm, I wonder how many of you listeners actually know what a, uh, a persimmon is. I didn't know until I came to Plum Village because we, Thai planted some persimmon trees here. But once again, like Thai was, you know, in the spirit of adapting, Thai was looking around 
um, this region, and I realized like nobody eats persimmon here, <laughs> and he wanted to um, plant a tree that that is that is common around here, and so he went around this region uh, with Sister Jung Kaum and a lot of sunflowers during the summer, a lot of corn, and a lot of um, vineyards for 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 wine. But we 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 don't uh, consume that. So Tai drove um, by and he saw um, the plum orchids, and he's like, "Oh, the plum tree also offers wonderful fruits, shades, and also wonderful flowers during the spring." So we have this plum festival with where we would just come together as a community in the lower hamlet and now new hamlet that have these plum forests, and we would sit under the trees and. Just be embraced by the wonders of life around us with all the flowers, and we would have snacks, we would have tea, and then we would have music. Um, as the community was established and a lot of retreats were happening, one day at the Hermitage in Plum Village, um, where Tai resides, and I was making tea for Tai, and Tai told me the story of how Lazy Day manifested. So originally there was no lazy day, and every day was a practice day, and 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 um, the schedule was quite consistent, was um, repetitive, um, because it is a kind of discipline that we're training in our our tradition. Uh, Thai doesn't like to use the word discipline so much because that that sounds very harsh in a way, but we call it diligence. We're training a right diligence to to nourish our uh, meditation, nourish our Capacity of looking deeply and of stopping, and it was actually a young a young practitioner um, that came up to Tai and he said, "Tai, I love the practice. I love Plum Village, and I love everything that you offer, but it's a little bit too much." <laughs> <laughs> and and he said, "And you know, Tai, it would be great if." Um, If there's just one day a week where we can have a rest, and this shows actually Tai's openness as a teacher, he listened to the community, he listened to the need, and instead of like saying, "Ah, you young person, you're just lazy, you just, you're just not disciplined," and 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 and, and he could have just like wrote it off, you know, and and probably. Um, that young man would have felt quite um, quite bad about it, <laughs> but Tai actually listened and he received it. And later on, he he prescribed it once a week. We'll have a lazy day. Wow, amazing! Yeah. Brother, I just want to come back to your first point because I think it's so critical um, in so many people's lives at the moment, which is this idea of um, constant busyness and um, and what it's like to face oneself. Because actually, that's what you talked about, and and it's quite interesting because I, before I moved to Plum Village and to live next to the monastery, I was living in New York for five years, and I just went back there for five weeks, 
And it's just extraordinary how quickly one gets sucked into the energy of the city. And there's so many things to do and so many distractions and so many places to go. And, and there's this constant energy of movement and change and uh, new restaurants opening, new uh, performances. And and you could fill your life a hundred times over with all this. And so, so it was very interesting to go back into that energy. And it's like being sucked into a vortex. Um, and it, it reminds me of, you know, when we left New York, my, me and my wife left New York to come to Plum Village. You know, this, there's this idea that everything's going to be perfect. And actually what I realized coming here, it's like a decompression, is that in this quiet and in this calm and in this practice, you have to face yourself. And when you face yourself, you get to see the good, the bad and the ugly. You know, everything comes up to be seen. And, um, and so actually... This idea of happiness is so entrenched in us that happiness is about the avoidance of suffering, of course. That's, and, and we know that the whole point of uh, Tai's teaching is that it's only when we, the way out is in, it's only when we touch our suffering that we can go through it. But what I feel, you know, laziness, as you described, it gives us a chance to meet ourselves because so much of our life is looking outside and receiving input from outside. And actually when we're with ourselves we have to experience actually many parts of ourselves in that and it's only when we do that that we can get healing so it feels like um laziness is the route to healing actually mm. yes and it can also help us have more, more proper intention in our daily life so very recently i was in um I was in a mentor-mentee session, and, and I'm a mentor, but we, we always um, lead these sessions where we, we all also share from our experience. And we were doing a weather check-in, so that's our way of like everybody going around and just say how they're doing in this very moment and, and be real about it, you know. And I, I've, I've been really busy in the RAINS retreat. Um, normally, the RAINS retreat is... is um, is a place where it's a time within the year for the monastic to really practice stillness, not travel, not um, putting so much energy in um, planning. But in Plum Village, it's like it's like the Zen circle. So it's like the beginning and the end of a year. So it's like a wrap up of what has happened in the last year. And then at the same time, it's the planning for the next year. <laughs> and I'm, I'm in the role of now helping the community, you know, put up the schedule for 2023, um, look at all of the requests for our tours. And all of that takes energy. Like you have to look deeply at everything. And the lazy days for me helps helps me re, revi uh, revisit myself. Like, am I being overwhelmed? Am I um, feeling a lot of pressure? And then because if I don't take that time to like, just like reflect on myself, I can walk around with this cloud of, of overwhelming energy and it will trickle into my interaction, into my, into my conversations, as well as it's kind of a, a leak of energy I've discovered. But overwhelming is also, it's just an energy. 
And like I, I, I look at it and I'm like, why am I so overwhelmed? And then I feel, ah, it's because I feel I have four things I need to do that, um, that is occupying my mind. And then, then I set the right intention. Like I start, okay, I start to prioritize what is needed to be done. And then once I have clarity, that overwhelming energy just releases because suddenly you have clarity. And so these lazy days that, that we have, I intentionally set some, um, some space from my brothers because I'm at a place where now I'm in so much conversation. I'm You're in demand, brother. <laughs> Luckily, I am in demand. I'm very <laughs> grateful. Um, but it is overwhelming and it takes a lot of energy and presence. So on lazy day, I actually, I, I kind of avoid a little bit of, of um, interaction because I just need to be alone sometimes, right? And, and, and just to see where my energy is at. And I've seen this shift in me. So when I was a younger monk, the lazy day was my time to really interact with my brothers, have tea with my brothers. Like, and, and it was the most beautiful um, time of getting to know each other because we're very relaxed. There's no schedule. We, are, uh, we have to join. And so we can actually just truly enjoy each other's presence and we can have a cup of tea many cups of tea for like three hours and still be so entertained by each other's presence. Um, but then now I think we, we also have to um, realize where we are now and, 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 and what do we need now. So the lazy day is also giving yourself permission to do what is nourishing for you and then to set the right intentions throughout the week for you. And, and if you have that, that clarity, your actions, your doing will be um, much more useful rather than just being pushed by energies of stress, overwhelming, um, anxiety, etc. So the lazy day is also a time and a space for you to really know what you need and then to set that intention for the week to come. So brother, what, I, what I'm hearing from you is that laziness is actually an act of generosity. Mm. Um, I know in, in my coaching practice, so many people I speak to are actually in sacrifice. They're giving, giving, giving out. They're trying to save this, trying to help this person, trying to deal with a difficult situation here or there. And they're constantly giving, but they're not receiving anything. And so then they get resentful and then, of course, then the, they get overwhelmed. But it, it sounds like laziness is 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 actually a gift because actually it allows you to replenish your bowl. Because I know Ty gives the example. He said if you um, if you have a bowl that's half empty, it's very difficult to keep giving because the the bowl empties. But if the bowl is naturally overflowing, if you're naturally refilling it, if it's naturally getting water in it, then then the gift of of generosity just just naturally flows. And I think so many people don't know actually how to give to themselves. They know how to give to other people, but actually they're bereft of knowing how to do it for themselves. But when they give to themselves, then, and center themselves, then they can be truly generous. Mm. And um, one of the things uh, 
in my life, brother, when, when I came to Plum Village, because another word I think for laziness for me is spaciousness. Right. Because when I coach people who, and everyone's so busy, if I'm really busy and under the same stress, then I can't be present for them. So in a sense, I do a lot less than I used to do. I still do a, quite a lot, but I, I, I have less intensity because what I'm creating in my life is spaciousness, is, is space. And so that when I meet someone and I'm working with someone, I can be spacious with them. I can be calm. I can be present. I can be, uh, I can have empathy. I can have insight because I'm completely there for them. It's not like I've rushed from another appointment and then I've got them, then I've got thinking about the next appointment. I, I haven't crushed my life down so that there's no space in between. I've, I've created a lot of space. And for me, that is an example of, of laziness as, a, as an act of generosity to myself. But then I can give it to other people. Mm, I love that. I love that definition. Um, I'm going to use that for one of my articles in the future. <laughs> it's copyrighted. Copyrighted by Joe Confino <laughs> and Brother Fapu. <laughs> um, yes, I... And, and it's also about like, listen to your body. Mm. And sometimes, you know, we get sick because our body is telling us to rest. And, and recently I, I had this, um, um, this week of just being sick and you just have to surrender. You have to surrender to doing and learn to just accept what is happening for you, which is like laying in bed, being cared for. Sometimes it's so strange to be cared for. I, like brothers were like asking to bring me food and I, I felt so shy. I'm like, I'm only 34. I, I should be able to do this myself. But then allowing yourself to be cared for also. And I was... um planning for the coming year and my mind was like very overwhelmed and with all these conversations around the three hamlets making sure we have all the requests and then hearing from uh, each group how many members they would like to bring and I was like I have no hair to pull but I was like <laughs> I was like we don't have enough monastic for all these teaching tours um wh what are the ones that we can drop and not do right and that adds a layer of a little bit of stress and a little bit of like, oh, I want to support everything that is being asked. Um, and then I got into a conversation with someone and we had, at the end of the day, it was misunderstanding, but our conversation was so intense and I was so frustrated. I was so angry. And actually I was hurt because in, in one of the sharing, the approach I felt... Um, it was a little bit of accusing me and I didn't feel understood. And I got so upset and I was so um, low in energy when these mental formation manifest. And I had to really take care of, of myself. And in my body and mind, there was no harmony because my relationship with a brother wasn't in harmony. And I had to um, ask an elder brother to sit at the bell for one of the practice sessions because I just felt I can't be there because I'm not in the best. And I practiced what Tai instructed us. 
you're only allowed to be angry for 24 hours. And after 24 hours, you have to work it out. And then the day, the next day, um, I wrote to the brother, left him a message and said, let's meet in my office at this time. And both of us had enough time to let the dust um, settle and just once again talk uh, with, with more presence than emotions and to speak with the intention for understanding. Because I, I, I took responsibility for my judgment and a little bit of, of my speech was a little bit harsh. Um, and I was doing everything in my capacity when I was very angry not to be accusing back, right? Um, but that left such a crack in my heart. And, and in this deep listening from both sides, like I think both of us, we, we shed some tears and we understood it was at the end of the day, like we just, we just want the best for the community. But sometimes because of our own habits and our own views, um, just because of unskillfulness, it comes out not with our intention. It's more comes out of just like habits. And, and, and because both of us were so tired and overwhelmed, we were on hinge, right? So we just, we just exploded. Um, it, it, interestingly, we, I was mindfully angry. So I knew I could have said I could have done much worse, but I held so much back. Um, but after that, after that, we both resolved and we even um, practiced hugging meditation. But then my body and my mind was so tired. And so, and then I caught the flu for, for a whole week. And in that moment, I realized that sometimes it's also just good to to rest. So the sickness comes maybe as a way of just allowing yourself to rest. And so many, because I lost my voice and then we had a noble silence day during that week. And I was like, oh, you didn't have to tell me to practice. I couldn't even talk because <laughs> my throat hurt so much. Um, but then so many were asking, how are you doing? And uh, to be honest, like the first few days, it was tough because I was trying to get better to get back on the track with the community. Um, and, and because health is everything. If you're not healthy, you can't sit with the Sangha, even if you're sitting there and doing nothing. Uh, you can't even join a walk because you're so exhausted. So we, I, I really um, treasure health again, seeing and not take for granted well-being. And then at one stage, I just shifted my view. It's like, you know, from time to time, it's good to restart. Like a computer, it's good to restart like the body. Um, so I had to practice laziness for a whole week. And so, that was tough. So brother, can I share a very similar story? Yes. Actually, because uh, the same week you had flu, I and my wife Paz had, had COVID in New York. And so this was three weeks into our trip. So I would been in New York, I think 10 days, and I'd gone to a conference in San Diego, come back to New York and picked up COVID. So, and all that time in New York, you know, I wanted to come on, Paz, get up, you know, let's go out. There's so much to do. And, and I got caught up very much in that sort of busyness. And we've got time. We've got to make the most of it, the most of it. Mm. We've got to grab as much as possible. And then I got COVID. And, you know, I haven't said this to anyone, but actually it was a bit of a relief. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why is that? Because I couldn't do anything. Yes. Because yes. We, we were we were staying with some very generous hosts on, on the Upper West Side. And so they live um, in between Central Park and the river. So after our sort of, uh, we were forced to sort of isolate, you know, our energy was very low. So all we could do was either walk out the apartment, go left to the river and just walk along the river slowly or turn right and go to Central Park. So actually it wasn't so difficult, different from being in Plum Village because all we were seeing was countryside basically or the equivalent to countryside. And then, you know, after that, our energy level was very low. So, you know, when we were clear of COVID, we we walked everywhere very, very slowly because actually we were we were we didn't have enough energy to rush around. And during those five days, I actually didn't miss New York even for one moment. I didn't think, oh my God, I want to go to this museum. Oh my God, I want to go here or there. I actually really enjoyed it. And then being forced to go through New York to, to, to look after our energy levels, to walk slowly, not to do too much, I actually felt like, oh, I wish I could be like this normally. Mm. Because I got so easily caught in that sort of, in the energy of the frenetic energy of the city. And, and, um, and so actually, oh, yeah, as, as, as we're talking, I, I realized, God, that, that was actually a relief. So, so I sort of, I get that from you. It's sort of, the, sometimes we're forced, our body forces us to slow down and stop. And, and then we have to look at ourselves. Yeah. And 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 just right before we start this podcast, our our brother who is on the the tech side who is recording this uh conversation, he asked, "Yeah, brother, but but Thai did so much. How how did the laziness support the doing?" Mm. And um and I think that's a very good question and I'm sure um some people hearing this might also might also ask, "But but I need to do." Yes, we all need to do. There is a place and time for action, but how do we carry those action? That's the difference. So when you have a day where you can rest and truly give yourself um, time to to know that you are alive, to have set good intentions, to um, reflect on life, to to see the the wonders and the beauty of life. And then to look at what you are doing. A lot of times we're doing without knowing what we are doing, right? So our doing then really is just coming from habits and it's coming from the energy of grasping, like for validation or like um, getting a praise, etc. And then we lose the meaning of doing. We also lose the meaning of living, And so these lazy days, like I think when Tai says, like, I want to be known as his laziness because in the doing, there is the sense of ease. There is the sense of oneness. I am there for every action that I am doing. Um, there's every mindfulness, concentration, and insight in every book that I, I write, with, and speaking for Uh, on behalf of Thai and um, all the edits that I do, I can only do it 
um, mindfully because every action I do has my my signature, and and so I think the the understanding of the laziness, in a way, it becomes a discipline in itself because you know how to rest, you know how to slow down, and so when you are doing. You are fully there for it. You 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 have clarity. You you have um, mindfulness in thoughts, in speech, and in action. And those are the three karmas in Buddhism. We're always producing these three energies: a uh, thought, speech, and action. And if we don't have time to just reevaluate what our thoughts have been in the last week or month. Then is our action coming from a place of true goodness, right? Because if I look back at my mind and I can see it's becoming more angry or so, I have to realize, I have to recognize where is this energy coming from. It's because ah, I'm in, I I'm watching something that has has been negatively um, influencing my energy, and therefore it becomes my thought. And then, if I'm unmindful, that thought will become my speech. Then my speech will lead to um, a lot of hurt, a lot of um, unkind words, and therefore, then there's more to do after that. There's more reconciliation. There's more healing, and not to say that um, we're trying to ignore suffering and 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 live in a perfect world because it's not the case, but. Because we recognize that the world, there's so much, there's so much suffering already. We don't have to keep contributing to it. <laughs> If anything, we need joyful people and people who have solidity in order to to take help transform the suffering that is already there. And so, in laziness, um, it is the practice of being still, and that is an art. So, brother, what what I hear because it would be very easy for some listeners to say, "Oh, well, you're lucky; you can have a lazy day." And uh, you know, I've got two kids, and I've got uh, busy work, and I've got uh, my look after my elderly parents and everything. But, but I think what I hear you saying is that laziness is about it's being in, because, in a sense, Thai always talks about the interbeing of everything. So, laziness and busyness actually are not separate things. And actually, what I hear you saying is, we bring this idea of laziness into our busyness. It's not like we just separate off laziness. I mean, sometimes we're able to, like a lazy day. But, but actually, in all of life, it's about bringing spaciousness. It's about bringing chance for reflection. It's about uh, having moments of creativity and, and allowing things to emerge rather than to trying to control. And and actually, that spirit, I think, having the lazy day, in a sense, embeds it deeper into consciousness. So then it it gets um, it gets filtered into all of our lives. But I think for people who don't have a let's say a whole day mm. that they can uh, leave completely to emergence, it, it's about incorporating it into your act active life. Exactly. Sometimes we have half day lazy day. Yeah. So we know we know um, like a retreat is coming. We, we we gotta work every day. We have sometimes in the monastery, we would have weeks of just service, because 
is to adapt to the needs, right? So you can't put a lazy day in because we we all got to prepare for 700 people coming, you know. Um, but then we would uh, take half a day. Yeah. And the whole morning we we have a community gathering. We we get to work, uh, we get to serve, and then in the afternoon we said, okay, um, we need to rest, enjoy each other's presence, and then we have a half day. So be 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 the artist, like cultivate something that will work for you yeah and 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 it, we can have lazy moments exactly. i mean the, the fact is it's 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 about um it's about infusing it into different aspects of life because sometimes you know listening to the bell yeah in plum village and and taking three breaths and just stopping mm. that is you know almost we call it the bell of mindfulness it's also the bell of laziness right because actually it brings us back to the present moment allows us to stop so that and allows I, I consider it like um you know the image earlier when you were talking it's like um when there's a forest fire and they to stop the fire from from burning they they create a fire break so they they create a space where the flames can't jump over and continue the fire and it's it's almost like you know when we're consumed by fire we need to create a space mm. in which the flames cannot leap over and continue to burn our relationships burn our um, ourselves. So actually, you know, it's a bit like that. We have to create breaks where we, um, where the flames of our lives can can diminish and be be put out. It's like the podcast too. Yeah, it's it's lazy. Like we we come here with such a an energy of ease, an energy of just being present and of offering. There's no we're not um, trying to um, create profit or anything in this and our intention is very different so I, I I always enjoy the process of one podcast recording um you, you know for all the listeners you think we're, we plan a lot for these episodes <laughs> it's literally a few texts on 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 the on an app to sometimes ask, not even that or sometimes we just show up and we just say what are we going to talk yeah. about and, and then it's of course um trusting each other and 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 knowing we do have something that we can um, share about and 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 that's so important, brother, because it, it's the emergence we've been talking about, giving space for things to emerge, is our allowing our wisdom to show up, allowing our creativity. It's it, it's like the control is so, you know, trying to control life is so narrow minded. It's so it cuts off all the joy. Yeah. But I think this idea of laziness is it generates joy because it creates. New, new possibilities that when we're trying to control would never get to see the light of day. Yeah, and it's also given us um, the insight of learning to accept the situation, such as that day when we wanted to record. We really, really wanted to record. We spent, I think, 45 minutes trying to fix um, so that our recording can happen. And, you know, there's this picture in where we're sitting of Tai having a mutra of like the present moment. And and I just looked at it and I, and I just said, I think this is a sign that Tai is telling us to be lazy. And the three of us, we just said, okay, we let go. We weren't angry. Um, we went out and we said, let's have tea on Tai's deck. And we, the three of us sat there and just asked how we're doing. And so there's not like, oh, that was a failure. Um, and then, oh, what a waste of time that was, right? It could have been... And we could have been angry at the technician brother. Oh, you you should know this by now. This is the 39th episode. Da, 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 da. And we we would have just like um, 
we could have been so negative about it. But I think because we have been trained of taking each moment at a mm. time, um, seeing okay, there's not enough condition for this. Let's let it go. Let's drop it and let's enjoy this moment. Look, the three of us are together. Um, let's take a moment to just check in with each other, and then that became such a beautiful moment. So I think when you have moments of learning to be alive, you know how to accept and how to navigate throughout um, throughout your journey, and 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 to be open to to any conditions that manifest either in favor of what you want to do. Or not in favor of what you uh, want to do. And brothers, any other advice that Ty would have given us around um, around being in a state of laziness? And did you? How did you experience that with him? He he really, really um, is a master of knowing how to enjoy life simply. You know, Ty was always reminding us of how precious our time together is. And I think because Tai was already um, in his uh, 80s and then later on in his late 80s, um, Tai, Tai was very aware of his impermanence. And Tai was very aware of none of us can escape um, sickness, old age, and so on. And during the lazy days um, with Tai, especially on tour, when we were on tour, we would always schedule after one big retreat of Tai, at least one or two days of rest. And sometimes if we were in a very beautiful um, place, we would go for hikes or we would um, go for um, an adventure in a city where where we would never have an opportunity because we live most of our time in a monastery. So we're also very open just to experience what is what is there. So I remember like visiting that when we were in Denver and we were at the YMCA and we visited the city Boulder, I think it's Boulder. Yes. And just like, just to be there and, and to also feel, feel society is important. And, and on those days, those rest day, like Tai would do things that he truly brings him joy. For example, he loves writing calligraphies and we would take a lot of time um, just to prepare for his, um, his art, which is like cutting the paper, making tea, and then Tai would just write calligraphy, sometimes for hours. And, and in the spirit of just present moment, be wonderful moment. And that energy also like, infused into me and I just I'm captivated by his presence and then I get to truly also just live very deeply those moments with him and then there are other moments when um, we would drink tea together and sometimes just in silent just me and Tai just having a cup of tea and just looking at, at a, a beautiful landscape and one of the one of the most uh, awesome moments. I mean, there's so many awesome moments. There's a really funny moment we had. So we were at the YMCA in Estes Park in Colorado, and the mountains are there. It's like the Rocky Mountains. It's magnificent, majestic. 
and the brothers and sisters um, really wanted to invite Tai to go on this hike. And Tai is usually very um, outgoing, and he's like, "Yeah, let's go." And the first time when we were there for the first retreat, um, Tai did join our hikes. Um, but later on, like by the third visit, uh, Tai felt there's no need for Tai. Tai wanted to reserve his energy, and that that afternoon, so the brothers and sisters kept coming to Tai's hut um, at Estes Park, and were inviting Tai to go on the hike, and they were like. Promoting it, they were like advertising it. Oh, Tai is gonna be so beautiful. There's this lake we looked up, and we can just sit there. And you know, they were giving all of these uh, scenarios how wonderful the moment can be, right? And and Tai just smiled, and Tai said, "You know what? I bet you, Tai can sit here and look at the mountain and enjoy the mountain more than you uh, all hiking the mountain and trying to arrive at your destination." Beautiful. And I was just like, burn. <laughs> all, all our students just got burned by the Zen master. <laughs> and, and, and that day was so joyful, the lazy day. And I, I, I did sit with Tai on the deck, made tea, and we just looked at the mountain. And it was wonderful. And I, and I also... So there's so many ways of enjoying a mountain, mm-hmm. right? We think like we have to climb the mountain, we have to be in the mountain to enjoy it. But what if your health doesn't give you permission? You can actually sit there, look at it with your two eyes, and see its wonder, see its solidity. Practice my breathing in. I feel like a mountain. Breathing out, I feel solid. And you really enjoy it, so and you become the mountain. And you become the mountain. And I was, I, I was just like, this is so cool. I just learned something so, mm. so profound from Tai, and he's not. That that I, I guess like that's one way of countering <laughs> peer pressure, <laughs> even if, if it's from your own students. But that that was such a unique moment. And that day we did uh, do a short um, walk, and we went. We found a creek. And uh, we we enjoy the sound of the creek and just drinking tea. And brother, just there's that quality, isn't there? That in quietness we we can recognise new things. And and what what jumps into my mind is when I was in San Diego at this sort of major sustainability conference, I I ran a workshop um, around busyness and about how to come back to ourselves. And and one of the one of the people who attended walked out sort of halfway through, and I thought, oh, you know. Maybe something's wrong. And he came back five minutes later, ten minutes later. And at the end, he we were doing a sharing. And at the end, he said, I went to phone my daughter to apologize to her because mm. I have not been present for her. In my wow. in my business, I realized I have not been there for her. Wow. And uh, and I wanted just to let her know that I made a commitment to be with her. And and it was just such a poignant moment because I think that is in a sense what we're talking about, because in a sense, Western society has co-opted this word of laziness to be negative. 
but actually laziness allows us, gives us space. And in the space, we are able to have these insights and have that mindful insights and then be able to act differently. So it's, um, it's a powerful practice. Mm, it truly is. And it, it, it gives us the key to life because we, we know how to truly be there. Yes. So, brother, why don't we end? Because uh, I know in Ty's book on happiness, um, he actually does a, he has a short chapter um, on Lazy Day. So maybe it would be good just to finish off by reading that. Lazy Day. Many of us are overscheduled. Even our children are overscheduled. We think keeping busy will satisfy us, but our constant busyness is one of the reasons we suffer from stress and depression. We have pushed ourselves to work too hard, and we have pushed our children to work too hard. This is not a civilization. We have to change the situation. A lazy day is a day for us to be without any scheduled activities. We just let the day unfold naturally, timelessly. We may do walking meditation on our own or with a friend or do sitting meditation in the forest. We may like to read lightly or write home to our family or to a friend. It can be a day for us to look more deeply at our practice and at our relations with others. We may learn a lot about how we have been practicing. We may recognize what to do or not to do in order to bring more harmony into our practice. Sometimes we may force ourselves too much in the practice, creating disharmony within and around us. On this day, we have a chance to balance ourselves. We may recognize that we may simply need to rest, or that we should practice more diligently. It is a very quiet day for everyone. When we do not have something to do, we get bored or seek for something to do or for entertainment. We are very afraid of being there and doing nothing. The lazy day has been prescribed for us to train ourselves not to be afraid of doing nothing. Otherwise, we have no means to comfort our stress and depression. It is only when we get bored and become aware that we are seeking entertainment to hide the feelings of loneliness and worthlessness in ourselves that the tension, the depression, the stress begins to dissolve. We can arrange our daily lives so we have opportunities to learn being peace, being joy, being loving, and being compassionate. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. Ty is present in the room. He truly is. Yes. So, um, dear brother, so um, as is our tradition, and we don't have to stick with it every time, but it seems appropriate this time to um, finish off with a short guided meditation so a lazy meditation a lazy meditation here we go <laughs> emerge from from the ether so dear friends whether you are walking jogging 
or sitting on a bus, a train, an airplane, or on your sofa, or working at home. Let us give ourselves permission to be still. You can stand still, or sit down, or even lay down, and just feel the weight of our body on this earth. Bring attention to our face, relax our face. Bring attention to our shoulders, allowing our shoulders to release any tension or stress, aware of our arms, our fists, our fingers, our palms, We may like to wiggle our fingers if it's helpful just to feel the hand and slowly allow it to relax. Feeling our chest, our abdomen, our back, our lower body, our two legs, our two feet just being present for our body. And now with mindfulness, as you breathe in, acknowledge your in-breath. And as you breathe out, acknowledge your out-breath. This is in-breath. This is out-breath. Your breath may be short or long. Just accept it. Allow for it just to be because your breath is life itself. In and out. And as I breathe in, I allow myself to be still. As I breathe out, I am becoming at ease with the stillness. In stillness, out at ease. And as I breathe in, I allow myself to enjoy this in-breath. As I breathe out, I may smile to this out-breath, smiling to life itself. In, I enjoy this in-breath. Out, I smile to this out-breath. As we are mindful of our breathing, 
our breath may have become softer and calmer. So as I breathe in, I feel calm. As I breathe out, calm in the body and calm in the mind. In the energy of calmness, out, I'm one with the calm in me, in my body, and in my mind. Breathing in, I have clarity. Breathing out, I smile to life inside of me and around me. In clarity, out, smile, smiling to life inside of me and around me. Breathing in, I smile to laziness, breathing out. I enjoy this moment of not doing anything, just breathing and presence. In laziness, out, true presence. Thank you, dear friends, for practicing with us. Thank you, dear Fap Hu, and uh, dear listeners, uh, we wish you many wonderful, lazy moments. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, you can find many more, and you can track us down on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, other platforms that carry podcasts, and on our very own Plum Village app. And this podcast was brought to you by the generous donors of the Thich Han Foundation. And if you would like to continue to support the international work of the Plum Village community, please visit the website www.tnhf.org slash donate. And we would like to give gratitude to... Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. And to our co-producers, Outrage and Optimism, and also to our wonderful producers, Joe and uh, Clay, and to Brother Nim Tuan, who has been sitting here generously uh, supporting this podcast by recording it. Because without you, brother, we'd just be talking to ourselves. And great, always grateful to all of our listeners yes. for supporting our journey. Thank you. Bye. The way out is in. <laughs>